Hello there, welcome to episode 54 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And tonight, I'm excited yes again because another fellow Briton on, uh, Sam Gillette, uh, from the south of England. Uh, Sam is a, a former professional footballer and physical trainer, and he had his injury back in October 2019, um, whilst, whilst playing as a footballer, and he's, he's come on to share his experience and his positivity and his story, so uh, this is really great, uh, for, especially for anybody here in the UK. Um, but yeah, he's got a very positive message to convey, and I hope that you'll enjoy this podcast as much as uh, we enjoyed recording it. Here we go. Right, hello, um, welcome back to the uh, Post-Confusion Syndrome Awareness Podcast, and this is episode 54, and today we have uh, another Brit on the show, which is about time. Um, hello to Sam Gillette. Hi guys, how you doing? Oh, good, um, mate. Did um, I pronounce that right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sam Gillard. Get, get it a little Gillard, Gillard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. quite sure. So, yeah, thank you, man. Um, <laughs> so, Sam's agreed to join me today to, te- to give his personal testimony, to tell his story uh, of his injury, which occurred back in 2019. Um, so, Sam, you, you're um, a sportsman and a physical trainer, uh, principally, aren't you? Yeah, in the personal training world. Yeah, which is good. Okay. Uh, do you want to begin and tell people a little bit of background about yourself and, and how you beca- how you became injured in the first place, please? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course I can. So, yeah, so I'm um, from a footballing background, um, in and out academies, professional football, um, when I was a bit younger. Mm. Um, and as I was getting older, I was going down with league sort of, sort of thing, um, playing semi-pro football, um, just like a normal game, as you do every Saturday. Mm. Um, yeah, I was just playing, playing, playing the game, and um, went up for a header. I remember that, like I can't remember. I think it was like in the, in the offices in the box. Went up for a header, um, mm. and then I got an elbow in the back of my head from from a defender, and then hit my head with another person in front of me, and then and then hit it on the ground, um, and that sparred my the, the concussion the first time. Um, gave the protocol four or two to four weeks um, to have off. Mm. Um, completely fine. Completely symptomless. Went went back to football. Got all clear from like the physios and the doctors. Um, and then like the ball bounced up again in a, in a warm up uh, in a training game. Um, a few few weeks later, and just just caught me on the chin. Um, and then the head pressure came, and the other symptoms came. All the concussion came running back. And um, yeah, ever since then, I think that was about 2019 in October, November time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ever since then, I've just been, been struggling with symptoms, but especially up six months period after that, that was a, that was where the worst symptoms happened. Yeah, that that seems to be a key point uh, in in my experience. That was as well where you get to the like three and six month point beyond, and that's where you get a change, like kind of within that first year from just simply PCS to PPCS, like prolonged or persistent. Um, so yeah, definitely. Which club did you start out at then? Uh, you well, said I started out at Portsmouth very young. Portsmouth. Yeah, Portsmouth, yeah, very young. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, then moved, uh, moved, moved to Reading um, uh, yeah, yeah. as a youngster. Yeah. Um, and then done my scholarship at Aldershot. Um, oh, so all the local clubs. Yeah, the shots. And, yeah. Then, uh, and then I um, uh, didn't get a professional contract there, so I went down, went down to leagues um, mm. to a few like, semi-pro local sites, and um, that's, where, that's when I picked up my injury. Um, yeah, and it, so, yeah. in that t- what you know, what 
What, which managers were around then in those days when you were oh, at the Portsmouth? In, in the Portsmouth, who was quite such a long time ago. I was, I was there about 10 years old. <laughs> Testing you now, yeah. Oh, right, okay, right, okay, that's yeah, no, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we, yeah, had, no we had Gary Woodock at Aldershot, though. I remember, yeah, remember yeah. him, yeah. yeah. Nice local manager, <laughs> which was good. Excellent. So, um, in that time... Up to the, your first injury, had you experienced concussion before that, or like you, you know, or got away with it, so to speak? Yeah, that? so no, I remember having a few knocks ahead as you do in contact sport. Yeah. Um, I remember the football clubs so that was very, we were quite educating us on concussion. So we'd have a workshop every now and again um, on concussion, which I thought right. was quite good. Yeah, that is yeah, so the sports science would come in and would do a presentation, but obviously at the time, 15, 16, it was like, oh yeah, I'm never going to happen, it's never going to happen to me. Um, but they made it apparent that it's really a really serious, serious thing. Um, and I sort of, I took a note of it and said, oh yeah, concussions, bad and stuff, but I never thought it would be happening yeah. to, to myself. Uh, which club was that, by the way? That was at Reading. At Reading, right. Yeah, so. at Reading, yeah, so they brought in, um, we used to do workshops all the time, and they, they brought in a couple of workshops about concussion. No, um, that's interesting. I, I might reach out to them uh, because we've yeah. had uh, on this uh, channel we've had Dr. Ralph Cornwell. Uh, he's from Boston uh, in USA, and he's a concussion prevention specialist. He works on training athletes and sports people in the NFL, bat, baseball, and so on uh, to strengthen the necks and the neck yeah. muscles, so that yeah. even if they did get hit, they wouldn't get concussed yeah. or, or as badly. Right. And he's worked with yeah. like yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, no, he has worked with one or two English clubs, but he's principally, but he he's like, he knows all about this side of things. So, yeah, it's interesting that that, that could have been put forward years ago in, in England. Yeah, uh, so that must have been about 2015, or I'd say, yeah. But it's, it's crazy, like you said, you, yeah. you spend all your time um, working on the muscles, like your legs, your, your, your core strength. Um, your fitness to go into the into the games, but you don't you sort of forget about that sort of area. But you're always heading the ball, aren't you, and stuff like that? Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's principally apart from like you, you footballers. You always think about your legs and your feet, don't you? You're thinking about that, yeah, or, yeah, or your groin, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, like thinking about heading the ball as well. It's like, well, yeah, your your neck, your shoulders, well, which is a massive part of uh, football. If you watch watch football game, and, and if you just go a minute, I yeah, watch a minute yeah. of it and count how many times yeah. I head the ball, especially in the lower leagues. Yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. And if you if you like you centre back, centre defender, whatever, you know, not just that, but yeah, you, you constantly, yeah, your yeah. cross is coming in the box. You've been, you've got to deal with it, haven't you? Definitely, um, yeah. And if you don't get in the neck from the manager, <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah, very true indeed. Yeah. So, um, what's happened in the meantime then, in terms of? Uh, work and other things you said you'd struggled quite a bit Sam so yeah so I was in I was literally in between um changing jobs so obviously football was taking decline so that dream was sort of being put on hold sort of thing thinking about okay I need to think about my future here Mm -hmm. um so I was working for a building firm just doing labouring work and absolutely hated it um (laughs) yeah early mornings which I didn't mind but it's just the whole the whole it didn't, didn't, wasn't wasn't for me sort of thing. No. Um, so I was uh, training to be a PT mm. um, whilst doing whilst 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 with my concussion. Mm. Um, so I managed to get that wrapped up pretty pretty soon after my concussion, which was good. Probably didn't help my recovery in terms of how much I had to concentrate on the screen, um, mm. which I 
looking back at it now, probably wasn't the best thing to do. Probably should have put that on hold. Mm. Um, but yeah, so in the meantime, so from 2019 when I got the injury to the first month of 2020, I set up my own gym. Oh, so okay. I had a studio all sort of all planned all yeah. sort of time just before my concussion. Right. Um, so yeah, I had a studio, a studio being put together um, with the hope of becoming a PT, having clients in, um, working for myself. Mm. So do you do like that private clients now? On, uh... Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, it's, got, it's, got, it's luckily it's gone really well. Um, so yeah, yeah private clients, um, a certain amount each day to, so I can get enough money to work and stuff like that, but also enough time to rest to recover for myself, um, cool. which, which is good, yeah. Yeah, and uh, give yourself a plug. Tell people what areas you cover as well for anybody that's watching in, in the area. Oh, yeah, so any, anything. So I specialise in body transformation. Um, so, yeah, anyone who wants to like lose body weight, lose body fat, gain right. muscle. Um, yeah. And I'm also looking into going a bit more in terms of mental side of things. So exercising not purely for the scales or for the, um, or how you look, just purely for the mental side. I've had a couple okay. of clients who come. I don't want to set a goal. I just want to come for yeah, no. up here, yeah. Oh, which I, leads to concussion and post-concussion syndrome and everything like that, with the anxiety and depression side of things. Yeah, no. It seems like you're dealing remarkably well with the the aftermath of of, of you know what's been a massive change in your life as well. And yeah, and, and yeah, from what you said too as well. That is, you know, I believe the same. I work in a also in the holistic background of um, sort of uh, functional medicine, uh, holistic Reiki healing and things which is sound energy focus on those as well as supplementation, diet and exercise. It's a big part for me too because yeah. I, I, I use I have a keto diet, keto diet uh, you know, warrior's diet, one meal a day and then I do uh, fasting, regular walk fasting and stuff because of all my health issues and that. And that's the yeah. only way I, I can get on at, at my, my kind of time in life, my age. So yeah, I think that's something that people often overlook. So it's it's good that you you know you've you've gone down that avenue. So and and I think yeah, as I have to admit, you know, sometimes I look back on my injuries and and the misfortune that came from those, and it actually becomes almost a blessing because it changes yeah. that it changes the direction of your life, doesn't it? Well, it's definitely yeah. I remember setting up thinking, oh, how am I going to be? How am I going to run a, a business in terms of one and a half that? I, I haven't mentioned my symptoms, so I had, I had fatigueness. I was fatigued, sorry. Yeah. Um, a, a slight bit of anxiety was coming in because mm. of everything that was going on in my head. Um, I just felt like I was constantly in a bubble. Yeah. That's what I described. Yeah, fogginess of bubble, the pressure of your head, um, yeah. concentration level was just not there. Um, and then, like, say if you went to a restaurant or a busy supermarket, you, your sensories were going, yeah, so you was going crazy like this. So, <laughs> you can imagine, yeah. like, some music, interacting with people, trying to be as, as, as um, interactive as possible. Yeah. You, you like um, so, I, I remember I set myself one client a day to start with. Right. So, I'd, I'd do the client, mm-hmm. go lay down, and then think about the thing I had to do next, if it was a, an, if a, my, my food or, or not, not listening to, or not on the screen or something like that. So, right. yeah, one client. Um, and then move on to the next thing, and that's that's how I lived up until the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the lockdown helped me massively. So just before we went into the national lockdown, I don't know what date it was in England. I can't remember. But was it March? End of March time? Uh, March thirteenth or something last year. I think something it was. like this. Yeah, yeah something around like that. Time. Oh, I read about then. Yeah. And yeah, and the day before that, I went to a hub centre in Winchester. 
Oh, yeah, like Winchester. So I, I lovely yeah, neurologist, yeah. Laura, and it was. Right. And um, she gave me exercises to do, and we explained my symptoms and how I felt and what I want to achieve in terms of go back to my normality, if that makes sense. Because mm. I came from a football yeah. background, gymmed a lot, ran a lot, cycled a lot. Um, and you might have experienced, and some other people might experience, listen to this, you, I, I couldn't run, I couldn't gym, I couldn't, yeah, any exercise right. like walking was a struggle. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. It, it was a massive thing for me because, yeah, pr- prior to my injuries, I, I'd, I'd go running on the night after work. I kind of, I go to the gym and stuff, and I'd go for long walks and uh, and stuff. And then e- even like months afterwards, I would struggle even to like go out to the nightclub dance or anything, or kind of do anything like that without feeling <laughs> yeah. that pressure. And you're right. In the early days, it can feel like. You're like a visitor from another planet trying to work yeah. everything out again. Exactly that, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, it's just crazy in terms of like I went from this lifestyle, fitness, health, mm. work, overload, doing whatever I wanted when I wanted. doesn't have to worry about if I can get three hours sleep or eight hours sleep. Yeah. Um, to a person who is talking about going to the gym, who, who leads a fitness lifestyle but can't actually physically do it because of, because of my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that took me a while. How so? In terms of so, the last time I went in terms of exercise was about October, November when I first done my my first done my injury, mm. um, and it probably took me to about June, July in terms of when I started exercising again. So was, yeah, about eight nine months nearly. Eight nine months. I went vegan. Mm. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, I went vegan just to reduce the um, inflammation in my body. Yeah, good call. Yeah, um, are you still I don't vegan? No, no vegan, not vegan anymore. Right. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, no, good call. I yeah, last six months. Yeah, I, I did 16 years vegetarian and then realised that, that, that at a point I had to go back. And so now, obviously with a keto diet, I, I just have like, I love like grass-fed beef or lamb occasionally and, or fish and vegetables, so like carbs. And I, 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 took, I have like histamine intolerance and food intolerance as well. So I, I eat like a like a franciscan monk or something <laughs> who is kind of like uh you know and so yeah and i understand that yeah that process of, of cutting certain things out is is essential but then you, you've also got to get the right balance of nutrients and i, I have to use supplements so you know i'm sure a lot of people do uh, there's always those smart asses that are like really healthy and they go well if you just ate the right diet you wouldn't need any supplements so like well you're healthy you're healthy, you can say that. But, you know. Exactly. Did, how was your diet before your injury? Uh, it was pretty good. I was still vegetarian at the time. Um, what so I, was it a drastic change in terms of how, how, it, how it is now in terms of, okay, I used to eat like that, but now I have to think about how I have to eat? No. Um, I, I think I started, oh, God, I can't remember what year I started vegetarian, but I think it was about 2002, 2003. Um, and, yeah, it must have been, yeah, 15, 16 years, something like that. So I was yeah. still vegetarian afterwards, and it was only recently, the last few years, uh, I went back to eating fish and then meat. And then I realized the connections between uh, omega-6 being really unhealthy. So that's like... Uh, um, what you call it, monogastric, you know, kind of uh, pork, uh, chicken, uh, pork and stuff being really unhealthy because of all the omega-6, omega the linoleic acid and stuff. Uh, yeah. uh, and and I, got, I was getting like reactions and stuff when I ate chicken and it was like horrible. So yeah, yeah then I learned that, well, actually, if you, if you reduce it down to certain things and, you know, that won't happen. And so yeah. like, energy's better, 
digestion's better and everything else. I've found probiotics and other stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gaining that balance, like like you said, Sam. Um, yeah, definitely. It's just adapting to how you feel as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I remember if you take it back to September mm. 2019 and then you skip to just before it into lockdown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? September, I was eating whatever I wanted, training, football, work. Yeah, right, yeah. Hardly working, I was doing yoga, and I was eating a vegan. Yeah, right, yeah. Lifestyle. Yeah, and so you've got uh, then, with the impact of mild traumatic brain injury, you've got uh, changes in not only metabolism, but you've got uh, kind of psychological mental emotional changes as well which is as, as men yeah. as men we don't always consider initially because yeah. we process things different than women do women process emotions and things first and then reason later we went yeah. the other way around we look at reason and logic and then emotions come afterwards as a not an afterthought but like you know we'll get to that later because we're about survival and, and things too so yeah we, we tend to have a different outlook and you know that's why men and women will never be the same so yeah. it is, yeah, we, we're thinking logically about what does my body need? What does my mind need? What does all uh, this and so on? And then later we go to process the feelings and think, well, yeah, that, that felt all right. That did, kind of didn't, didn't. Oh, so, I should have done that. I should have done yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, of course. And, and that's, you know, that, that's what it is. So in that time, in that window between you being injured and then the, the kind of the year or so following your injury, did you, did you take any, uh, did you go to the... GP or doctors or yeah so help? yeah I saw that yeah my first trip was to Amy um right. people at Amy Amy said um rest no screen we back to put <laughs> in six weeks yeah. six weeks long didn't feel any different went back there done all the tests um all these sort of tests um people can't see me the finger <laughs> test um touching um all the neurological tests um sent me back saying nothing's wrong with you you're absolutely fine um just carry on it's a normal thing and i was and i was thinking right i'm never going back to the doctors again because they're no help felt angry with them felt annoyed felt frustrated um and then where did i go after that it must have been the hob center um because i managed to get an appointment at the hob center they were great she listened she understood how i was feeling um and said yeah okay done all the tests but in detail um right and that that helped me a lot throughout lockdown mm. yeah so right, and, and where's the hob center is that local to you or yeah yeah it was about 15 15 miles away so yeah not too right. far i think there's there's one in winchester in mm. england and i think there's one more down southampton where i believe i'm not okay. I'm, don't don't know with that but i think there's a couple yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then neurological specialists which is which is great Mm. Um, and I'm trying to think who else went to so I've seen I've seen physios I've seen um, chiropractors right, I've okay. seen um, trying to go through it NHS was a, a challenge in terms of I remember calling <laughs> them up saying oh, I've got these problems with my head I've got these problems with my mind now um, I'm losing a rapid amount of weight um, mm. blah 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 list goes on and I remember that they called me the following November so basically 12 months <laughs> after and I was, you were lucky. I was like I felt like saying I'm absolutely fine now I don't need any help so I don't know myself you were um, lucky man you were lucky I tried for uh, eight and a half years to get to see even to get to see a neurologist anybody on the NHS 
They constantly yeah. fought me off. And uh, well, it, it, look back at my point. They they just literally nearly destroyed me to the point where like they were just like, oh no, it's everything else but concussion. Everything else, and yeah. like looking to diagnose with everything else, drug me. And I was like, at the end, yeah. I should have given it. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, Did I should have right? given up a lot earlier, but I didn't. I stuck out and and just kind of yeah. didn't. Yeah, so. Yeah, unfortunately, I do. I've that heard... word you use, fobbed off. That's exactly the word I use to my mum, to the other people. Every time I get passed round, I get fobbed off. So if, if you go to a GP, off. they fob you off to the neurologist. And you go to the neurologist, they back to this person, you just keep getting fobbed off, fobbed off, fobbed off. Yeah. And I feel like oh. if, you, if you speak to people <laughs> with experiences in terms of concussion, and you speak to people who've dealt with it, mm. I feel like that's a lot more positive than... Or, yeah, a lot, a lot more helpful than speaking to someone who doesn't really understand. Yeah, what, what I figured out, Sam, is that in my experience over the years, the people I've spoken to, the hundreds and hundreds of people I've spoken to in the UK, is that, well, getting treatment from the NHS or getting any kind of almost virtually effective treatment depends on uh, what I call being in the postcode lottery. So if you yeah. live in the right area of an affluent middle class or, or, or kind of rich enough area, they will have a clinic or something set up to give some kind of help. Now yeah. that may be enough for some people, depending on the level of their injury or the severity or, or their personal mechanism of support. But don't forget, you know, a lot of us, like I was, I was single living on my own and had no support, no family support. And, and you may have been similar. Well, I think I was quite. I was very lucky. I had my mum around some... me. I had my dad around me. Right, excellent. My, my dad was private yeah. health insurance. Cause I was very, very oh, lucky. Well, yeah, very no, appreciative of what that. Yeah, happened. so, so yeah, so everybody's different. But if if you're in, say, like the wrong postcode, I mean, yeah, I, I live in an area that's like Bradford and Leeds. It's one of the poorer parts of the north of England. Not the poorest, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's a point that well, actually, we don't have that kind of stuff set up here. Even though, like, after London. Leeds, yeah. Leeds and Bradford area is the most highly populated area in the whole of the UK, about six million, six and a half million people. Yeah. But we don't have any facilities for that. It's just non-existent. Yeah, but if you yeah. go to an area like, you yeah. know, oh, I don't know, there's certain areas, certain towns and cities, they will have a little clinic set up or something. So it is very hit and miss depending on where you live. So if, if I, I, know, I feel like I'm very lucky in terms of that where I live, in yeah, terms no, of good. getting the call, yeah, which I which I really appreciated throughout. The yeah, whole no, dream. no, but, but this is what I want to highlight is is, is more so that yeah, it, it is inconsistent. Yeah, so oh, definitely, yeah. You know, yeah. that's the whole point, and I I I'd kind of fought them on that for a lot of years, and they didn't. They, at one point, they wanted to engage, and it was going to be part of a study and things, but then it was then they realised that they couldn't make money out of it or there was no real profit to it drugs wise and so on so <laughs> it just yeah. fell through yeah. so yeah which is not fair at all no but that that's the way the the system the the, the paradigm that, that is now in healthcare is all about well there's only three things there's drugs there's surgery and then there's radiation the chemo and stuff that's the only three treatments yeah. that that are offered obviously you can't yeah. use chemotherapy radiotherapy is no good Surgery is no good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so there's, yeah, only, exactly. there's, there's only drugs left. Yeah. So, you know, they might say about like psychiatry or psychotherapy and that, but it's only ever CBT or give, uh, psychiatry just means giving you more drugs. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there needs to be a radical kind of overhaul, um, which I guess will happen. So, we, yeah. 
Were you offered painkillers and things like that, or, or did you take them all? So I, I think I remember taking paracetamol quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. Right. So they mentioned good for GP mentioned paracetamol, and then later later down the date, a few months mm. after, mm. Um, when the anxiety started kicking in, um, they offered me certain other other medication, which I said big like no thank you. Ooh, um, like uh, tran- what uh, tranquilizers or antidepressants? Oh, uh, they 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 didn't. I don't think they actually named the names. Didn't but they? I remember speaking to the GP thinking that's like the last. Last last resort, um, but I, 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 they also have. Um, can't remember what it's called, but it's basically where you can talk to someone. Um, CBT, like CBT, so, cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I, I, I'm not too sure what. It's, yeah. it's very similar, but, and that that was like an 18 month waiting list. Yeah. Um, in, in, from in my areas, <laughs> I don't know how how long it was in your area, but um, uh, well, yeah, 18 month waiting. Yeah, no, I, I waited eight and a half years and still didn't get it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. yeah. So no, it, it seems like that's that's a fairly common experience uh, for the majority, maybe ninety plus percent of people. Apart from if you happen to live, like I say, in the postcode kind of the right kind of postcode. Um, yeah. Right. So obviously you've got a background in in PT and nutrition and, and things like that. Did you, apart from going vegan, did you make any other significant changes in your lifestyle and or like supplementation, Sam? Yeah, so my life, like, you know, I've, I've touched briefly in terms of the physical side of things. So mm. went from crazy, crazy amount of hours a week running, cycling, okay. gym in to yoga um, a couple mm. times a week. But in terms of supplement sides, um, I took. I think it was was it magnesium at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just standard yeah, magnesium. Yeah, which made me feel horrible. Yeah, right. Okay. Standard magnesium, vitamin DKA. Yeah. Um, what else was I taking? Um, with uh, omega omega three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, and these these vegan. Um, Mind blank here. They're basically um, the focus ta- they're like focus tablets to help you try and get positive back, like trying to trying to focus a bit more, give you a bit of energy. Um, yeah. So all like vegan, you know, vegetarian based supplements, um, uh-huh. and didn't drink anything other than other than water and orange juice. Well, no, that that's that's a, that's a good way as well. Yeah, because the, the omega oils uh, they do have like a level of DHA, EPA, which is. Um, you do get in fish oils naturally, like Nordic fish oil yeah. and things. And it is one element that could cross the blood-brain barrier and, and create a kind of neuro-regeneration, uh, neuro- yeah. neurogenesis, as it's called. Uh, there was a theory back in the day that you had a, a finite amount of brain cells. And if you had a lot of head injuries or you drunk too much or you did, you know, you got smacked about or you were a boxer, that, that was it. And it would just like reduce you know, really and, and, but yeah. you know, in recent years, we've discovered that well, actually, that's not the case, and they will regenerate themselves, and also through neuroplasticity, which is a reconnecting, uh, like rewiring of brainwave pathways and so on. You can also repair the brain will repair itself. So yeah, that 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 omega oil and and the the vegan supplements will probably be uh, a big part of that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, 
thinking about um, your relationships for all this time, uh, your friendships, people you associate with family and so on, how have you fared in that sense? So, um, yeah, so family, close family yeah. were very supportive, so mum, dad, stepdad, mm-hmm. um, they're very supportive in terms of we're doing everything we can to try and make you feel better in terms of trying to get you to see the right person, um, or this and this and this, um, which was, which are very supportive. Friends are very supportive. Like I haven't told, like in terms of people who know I've had a head injury, it's very limited mm. in terms of close group of friends, um, that are a client in terms of at work, in terms of when I said, right, well, this is, this is, well, I'll take a bit of time off over this period, um, mm. due to this. Um, so yeah, but friends are very supportive in terms of, Sorry, guys, I can't come out for dinner or can't come out. Out, or yeah. I remember everyone going to um, Hyde Park at Christmas time. I can't remember mm. what's it called. It's a big Christmas um, fair in London. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, Winter Wonderland with, with the markets, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember everyone got all my mates and everyone going up there, and there's like loads of them. And I said, I bought a lot of boys, I can't sort of come, which is obviously, obviously rubbish, but they came and saw, saw me afterwards, sort of thing, and mm. just to see how I was doing. Oh, um, so they were very supportive for all of it. It weren't like, oh, I can't come to this, I can't come to this, because it was about a six month period where I said, boys, I can't come, can't do anything. Mm. Um, but no, they're very supportive, very understanding, which was, which was great because they didn't know actually how I was properly feeling yeah yeah Yeah. so so, yeah no that's 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 good that you got that 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 emotional support and that that kind of you know that that friendship support as well in there yeah too which is a massive help in my in my recovery yeah yeah i think that's generally yeah that can often be the hardest thing for people to assimilate to to gain as well yeah depending on what the situation was yeah. Um, because I've seen people have been injured in all kinds of ways. Um, but no, that's really good. Um, yeah. So um, if if you look back on that time and you think about the lessons learned, you know, what what's the biggest lesson that's come out of this period for you personally? Maybe don't try and start a business when you've got concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say just be selfish in terms of mm. take as much time as you need everything on hold um, if that's a month or a year or, or multiple years I know it's hard and they want to try and stay positive and do things but looking back at it I wish I just mm. did nothing for six months mm. um, stick to my walking stick to my resting um and everything, everything that would help me recover, rather than trying to push my limits, trying to do this, trying to do that, um, and probably didn't help me recover as quickly um, in the long term. So yeah, there's, there's that elements of self care in there, isn't there? Uh, most I mean, definitely, I think that's the most important one. Just got to be selfish, look after yourself, and do things for yourself. Yeah, I mean, self care in what I've I've kind of learned over the last decade or so with self care is. It, it's not always a natural instinct to a lot of people. I know from your background as a, as a sportsman, you know, professional sportsman and uh, as a, a PT, it, it's second nature for you. But for a lot of people watching this, a lot of people who maybe just work at an ordinary type of kind of office job or you know, whatever yeah. they're doing, it might not be something that they've ever been taught or come, come across yeah. to, 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 as to do as an instinct. Yeah. So, are there any tips you could give to people, please, Sam, about about self care on a day to day basis that helped you? 
please? Yeah, I feel like, just don't feel like you're letting anyone down in yeah. terms of, um, don't feel like, I, I, I can't go and work, I can't go and sick and work today, I can't go in, um, see my friends or I can't go and do this, just be selfish, look after yourself on a day-to-day yeah. basis um, and just take each day as it comes, that would be my best advice to people. Yeah. Most definitely, yeah. Just, 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 yeah, I just wish I was a bit more selfish, look after yourself um, and yeah, just take it, Every day, every day is a different day with a head injury. You don't know how you're going to feel on a Monday compared to a Wednesday or a Saturday or Friday. You just don't know how to wake up and it's, it's, it's a different day as you as you can as you probably can imagine as well. Yeah, no, that 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 is really good advice because yeah, as I probably didn't have a good concept of self care back in 2006, and I was like, well, I was still trying to live my life and and pushing pushing back against the injury. For so yeah, long. Most definitely same here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I lasted from I lasted from about August two thousand six to the January two thousand and seven. And um I was still working and still kind of quite a high pressure job as well. And then went away to I went away to Mexico for a bit on my own and went for a holiday and come back and, and then I just crumbled. Yeah. And I got demoted and I think I lasted another six months then before I got pushed out of the job. Um, yeah, and then it was like after that I was in like free fall. <laughs> so the longer you leave, yeah. yeah, the kind of longer you, you leave it to to do proper self care, that the, yeah. the harder the fall you're going to get as well. Yeah, and I think another bit of advice was every person's head injury is different. Yeah. So yeah. just because you speak to someone and they've taken a month to repair, a month to recover, or taken ten years to recover, don't don't think oh ten years because oh, I was speaking to certain people, and I was thinking, "What this day you fell out for sixteen months? Like I'm, yeah. I'm six weeks in, yeah. um, and that can be a very, uh, like, a very daunting thought of, oh no, like, am I going to be in that situation for that long? Um, yeah. I feel like you've got to take a positive from from everyone's experience, even if it's a negative. If that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely, and and it, and it is. It, it can be so confusing in the early days for people when they, they they go online and they go to a Facebook group like ours, or they go elsewhere and they see, yeah, some people posting and the lack of context that we we just posting on Facebook or whatever makes it even more confusing. It does, get, yeah, you'll get somebody from America, and of course they don't distinguish between a mild traumatic brain injury a traumatic brain injury and a severe traumatic brain injury they call it all yeah. t- all tbi yeah so yeah. it's kind of like that's confusing to start with and then they'll, yeah. then they'll say you'll see them posting oh i've been struggling now for 25 years and i'm no better than i wasn't and you think what what the hell <laughs> yeah see, I've, I've just learned something new there as well i didn't know there's a difference between that because there's not a lot of information out there in terms of to find is there well, I think there is, but it's just, it's, 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 it's not always accessible. I've tried to cover yeah. some of it in the, in the podcast, but um, yeah, basically in the UK, we have something at the hospital level, we have what's called the Glasgow Coma Scale. Now, this is quite antiquated, it's, it's very old, and basically when you go into hospital, if a patient comes in and the nurses have to, obviously triage, you have to attend to them, and they see some, well, oh, what's wrong with him or her? Oh, he, he or she's had a head injury. They do what's called the Glasgow Coma Scale. So they do a series of tests like, are their eyes open? Are they looking? Can they talk? Are they, and they, on this scale, they go from, like, I think it's 1 to 20 or something, whatever it is. Yeah. 
so, so they judge it by obviously somebody comes in like you and you're like oh god I've been whacked you know kept whacked in the head and I feel awful I feel dizzy and so on oh but you can see me okay you can kind of you can hear what I'm saying yeah yeah okay so you, you're fairly low down then if somebody comes in and they're like kind of uh, you know slump back <laughs> and like occasionally kind of oh uh, you know but then others will come in and they'll just be comatose or they'll be, yeah. out, they'll be out cold and they'll be like yeah and yeah. so at the top end, uh, that severe traumatic brain injury, those are people that could be unconscious between half an hour, an hour, two hours, or days, or even week, yeah. even weeks. Now, by some perverse way, force of action, those people who have the more severe brain injuries like that actually get the better treatment. So they can actually recover to a better level in some instances because they get all the doctors and nurses around them and kind of helping them and, and assisting them. Whereas what you went through and what I went through, I never ever got to hospital with any of my injuries. Not, yeah. not one yeah. of them. Well, I, yeah. I knew it was pointless, so I never yeah. got there. After, you you know, ten, ten mild traumatic brain injuries, yeah, and I never got in the hospital to get treated at the time. So, but yeah, when we go in, and you, you go in, I went in, and it's like, well, no, it looks fine. We'll give him some pain. Tell him to take some paracetamol. Give him some painkillers. Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe do a follow up at the GP, and that's it. So yeah. this perception that you're just probably going to be okay is the underlying um, categorization of mild traumatic brain injury. So unfortunately, um, that's where there's this like big gap in in healthcare in in, in the UK where. You just don't get any help after that. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah, because you look all right to me. You look fine. Yeah, is that, is that yeah, <laughs> I'm responding, I'm, yeah, I'm up and down, right. I'm smiling, but you, you, know? you can't my stiff neck or my head pressure or me really trying to concentrate because I'm really trying to focus on what you're saying where it's, where it's, where it's difficult. Yeah, indeed. So that's that's been the struggle of the last 15 years yeah. is just trying to get that out. So... Um, but yeah, it is like we, like we discussed earlier before the show. It is getting to the point where it is coming, especially through football circles, and uh, yeah. you know there are some very good people um, that are, uh, and even some of the, the dare I say this, some of the lawyers and people, that, the concussion specialists in in London and places like that, are actually on the case and and uh, you know kind of they're, they're kind of dissecting what's going on. Uh, there's been a few cases recently where ex-retired footballers have uh you know there's problems with alzheimer's and uh chronic yeah, yeah. yeah what's called cte uh chronic traumatic yeah. encephalopathy which is uh it, it, it is like usually from a series of concussions where it develops into a chronic condition later on so yeah these cases are coming out some of them are going to civil court and it's going to change the shape of the game over these next few years um, especially in, like we said in, with teenagers and children too yeah um, that that's really going to you know it, it's going to have to be addressed because once things get legal and it gets about money yeah mostly um, yeah yeah then yeah. that's that as well but yeah that's what made me um, try and contact you because I, I read the article in the Men's Health magazine of mm. a rugby player and I was thinking okay that to me, that means probably a lot more than most other people reading that because I can 
I can I can understand how he felt and what he went through. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there's, there's you don't hear loads of people speaking out of it. No. And the more people speak about it, if it, if someone does unfortunately go through that, and they feel like okay, this is how they felt, uh, so he felt, um, which which potentially could help them in recovery and in the future. Yeah, massively, and 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 you're you're the first footballer that's come on the podcast, you know, and yeah. this is an area. I mean, uh, I know it might seem like it to you, but since I, I, I'm I'm like forty six, nearly forty seven now, and I, I supported my local team since I was five. You know, here in Bradford, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, don't, don't go there. <laughs> but I can't, I can't help that, you know, it's, I blame the parents. Um, so, yeah, I've I've always had that connection with football as a, as a fan. I used to play when I was at school and kind of that, but never anything past that. So I've yeah. always had that connection with the mindset and the, uh, like the communion that, that, you know, comes with football, like the religious type mm-hmm. communion of going to football. So I understand that, and I know that it it's difficult to break down some of the attitudes in the game, and what what your insight you gave about your time at Reading with the concussion prevention and so on is fascinating. Yeah, um, definitely. I've always held back from contacting the local clubs here because I'm not sure because they might just say to me, "Well, who who the fucking hell are you trying to tell us yeah. about concussion or whatever?" And I'd be like, "Well, yeah. you know." I yeah. don't, I don't have any qualifications or bits of paper or so on. So I was maybe trying to, you know, look it, look further into that and, and wait till, you know, the, the right time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're very good at it. They brought a uh, the laptop on the screen and went for slides and um, in terms of a protocol, for, you know, yeah. I don't know if you know, but when you when you do get cast as, as a footballer, they ask you, who you're playing against, where you're playing, what your yeah. name is, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that never happens to me. I won't have to go for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I've even seen it myself. And, you know, going to games uh, last last couple of years, yeah, there was one incident. You know, guy was, uh, I think it was Adam Chickson playing against Blackpool. And, and it was only about, I can't remember how far it was into the game. I don't think it was that long into the game, about 12, 15 minutes. And literally, um player ran across him and the heads collided and it, such a pace he just knocked clean out like a rag doll he yeah. just knocked to the floor and he was just out and like two players came straight over and like got his tongue out of his mouth and and he was he was off he was gone for like months yeah. and that was an yeah. ex- extreme case but that uh, you know kind of perversely that highlighted that well actually nobody in that ground of like I've many well 17 18,000 people are watching not one yeah. of them apart from maybe me and maybe one or two others had considered the impact of something like that before. Yeah, but then, long time as well. Mm. Yeah, and it became a bit of a talking point, but was, unfortunately, was kind of soon forgotten about. Yeah. And that player, that gentleman, was never never performed to the same level again. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and sadly, yeah. went on to become, yeah, I won't say somebody that fans picked on, but he, he became unpopular. And yeah. that was sad to my eyes. I was thinking, well, I, he never mentioned anything about post-concussion syndrome, but you could tell, I could tell that there was yeah. something going on. So well, I don't know. Yeah. And there's a, there's a very famous German footballer who played for Bayern Munich. I can't remember which striker it was, but a very well-known one. I have to, I have to do some more research on that. Um, but he, he opened up and spoke about his concussion. Um, um, okay. And he, he was saying, like, he just... He just because he was at such a high level and mm. getting paid a lot of money, yeah. um, big games after big games, he felt pressure to 
try and just carry on through. But he, he yeah, he um, yeah, he was struggled big time with it. I'd have to do some more research on that after after no, this. Uh, not Rudy Voller, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember one of the ones where I skimmed through it and thought, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Um, I once, but yeah, no. Yeah, okay. So, um, in that profession, that sport as well, Sam, were there other colleagues or other peers that you came across that had had similar problems and and are you still in touch with them? Um, so, there must have been. No, not, not at the time. No, no, I was, time. I was still quite yeah. young there in the academy. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, in terms of the physio said, I didn't, I didn't, didn't really ask the questions in terms of. Mm. Um, uh, in terms of the concussion side of things, because I, I just was that had that arrogance of, oh, it's never going to happen to me, sort of thing. Um, yeah. It was spoken about a few times, and oh, the concussion is quite serious, it's, in, it's important that you follow the protocol. Um, so I didn't really go into into detail of yeah. um, asking if anyone's had any experience, but I, I most definitely would now. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess, yeah, that it probably does come more so with aging in that profession i guess like the older you are the more likely you are so it's 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 kind of a russian roulette factor as well isn't it that you know it could just take more physical players as well yeah yeah so one can be to send you down that hole yeah but as well as um educating what concussion is and how, how to deal with it but also if someone has a dream or has a passion for something mm. concussion happens and that unfortunately they won't have to play because I, I won't play for Blitter again. No. Um, how to deal with it that way as well because there's no there's no mm. but there's no help in terms of that side of football as well. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a really good point because it, it is a relatively short career, and um, yeah, the whole this, this is uh, I, I've looked into this a few times about you know well, well footballers having a second skill set behind for when they, they finish or even given that the, the career could finish early so wherever they have yeah. skills as um i don't know whatever in business or as a builder or a plumber or electrician or, or whatever they have and i've seen footballers do all kinds of things over the years as a second profession um yeah. but yeah it, it, I, I firmly believe it, it should somehow be built into your kind of pre-education or or, or, or you know said to you well actually Bear in mind that if if your if your career does finish early, unfortunately, this is a harsh reality. But th- there's something else you've, you're going to have to consider doing. But then, yeah. in terms of concussion, that's a whole different conversation, isn't it? I feel like if you break your leg in your to have to start from football, or yeah. if you have a concussion and have to start from football, that's yeah. that's two completely different um, injuries to deal with. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Uh, I remember Gordon Watson uh, played for. He just signed for Bradford. And he he broken his leg. Uh, I think in two places. I was broken by a Huddersfield Town player, and the club ended up yeah. suing the, the other player. And it, it took him a long, long uh, like nearly two years for it to fully heal up. And he, you know, came yeah. back. He was never the same player again. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a massive thing at the time because he, you know, he, I think he played for Southampton before. And uh, yeah, it was like at the time. It was like it was. His career was not effectively ended, but it didn't go much further after that. Yeah, yeah. he could still yeah. play, but yeah, there's no real um, preparation or 
anything for that. There's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I can't think now. <laughs> My brain going. Yeah, there's no yeah. Con- contingency for that kind of thing happening, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's hard as a layman to kind of understand, yeah. If, if you went into a career as a banker or a politician or a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, and then all of a sudden something happened that you just couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. You'd be like, you'd be devastated. Definitely, yeah. Most definitely, yeah. But you, you'd have to adapt and go on. Hmm, okay, so... Um, what kind of means, what things are you looking at uh, doing in the future, Sam? What have you got planned next? Or... So, I, 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 I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not 100% sure. Mm. I would just love to um, uh, say if someone's struggling with a concussion or post-concussion syndrome or something along those lines, is just take it away from like, my personal career, um, mm-hmm. just to help them out. In terms of, I saw the article on rugby player and I know how he felt. But if someone doesn't know how to deal with things or mm. they don't know who to speak to, I yeah. feel like there needs to be a few more groups or mm. um, accessible to people to, to, to be able to speak to different people. Because yeah. um, I feel like when I spoke to Zach, um, who I think we've mentioned in this podcast, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah massively, and that was just one person. Um, yeah. So he helped me massively, and I just think I'd love to repay, repay the favour to someone um, who, who doesn't know what to expect or doesn't know how to deal with things. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, we we try and do that through the groups. It's the uh, post concussion syndrome awareness worldwide groups on Facebook uh, and on Twitter yeah. and other places as well. So. Yeah, that that's always a good community to get involved in. Um, yeah, most yeah. To connect with people. It has been a little bit quiet recently because of the the, the macaroni business and everything else. So, um, yeah. but yeah. but yeah, there's always good people to connect to there, uh, and you know, around the world as well. So you may find that well, or in the UK, maybe some opportunities to do that might be a bit limited. But you might find that in the United States and Canada. That yeah. like people like McGill in Canada and other universities and things that they're they're just happy to hear from you. They're like, "Whoa, yeah, come and come and do a Zoom talk for us. Come and do this, that, and the other." Uh, and I'm yeah. sure you know they they'd be happy to uh, to talk to you. But yeah, I, I I mean, looking down the line, I'm saying, well, yeah, you can do this type of thing. You know, you can you can, you can put yourself out there and offer your area of expertise. People will always be grateful for that. And you'd be yeah, doing a massive service. Definitely, yeah. I think that's why I wanted to come onto this, this this podcast today and to have a chat with you. Um, just to give one other person hears this and think, oh, I feel like that, or I felt like that, or um, mm-hmm. and reach out to someone in the community. I think that's just that's that's a win for me. I think. Fantastic. So, bearing that in mind, uh, where can people find you on social media? How can they contact yourself? So, uh, oh, actually, I'm straight from work today. So, um, <laughs> right, yes, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so, it wasn't intentional, but yeah, so I don't know if you read it, it says Founder Fitness. Founder Fitness, yeah. So, Founder Fitness, yeah, so on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and again, my name's Sam Gillett as well. So, if you type that into Instagram, I'm on there. Give me a follow, give me a message. Yeah, um, right. more, more, more than help. More than welcome to to ask me anything, and I'll try and help my best to just to help or even someone to talk to with with um, concussion. Excellent, yeah, and worldwide as well. Because yeah, we do do have people watching in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, all over the blooming place. So, um, yeah, yeah. Have, have you got your own website at the moment? Or? 
Well, no website. Um, really? Well, I called it Instagram, really. Yeah, for Instagram, um, yeah. Oh, well, that's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, yeah. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, do everything, everything on there. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, fan of fitness. So, if you need, need any help or just want to chat or, or share your experience with me, that, that'd be great. Because I'm always, I'm not, I'm always open to listen to people's stories and um, have a chat with them. Excellent. Well, yeah, if, if, if you talk to me afterwards, maybe I'll help you with the website side because, uh, yeah, for development. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah no, that's, uh, that's something that's, uh, yeah, coming up a lot as well. Um, yeah. So, um, what else did I want to ask you as well? Um, you know, talk, what position did he play, by the way, when you were... I never asked that. Forward. Forward. Ah, yeah. You can tell, yeah. So. Yeah, transport goals. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. away, but... Were you, um, uh, what type of centre forward were you? Were you kind of off off the shoulder or? or yeah, what? running in behind, use, use, use the pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run behind yeah. and, and the, look for the... the player well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look for the slipstream, that type of, yeah. Yeah, that's all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's always, it's always a more kind of romantic role uh, in, in football. It's like, yeah, they, they, yeah, go back in the day, it was like Roy of the Rovers or, you know, Gary Lineker or Ian Rush in my day or whatever. And now it's yeah. like, no, these days it's a bit more diverse in the types of strikers. You know, in my day, it was always like 4 4 2. It was always like, you know, I mean, back in the day, it, I'd seen some of the best play, you know, to like Ian Wright and Mark, yeah. uh, Mark Bright, Crystal Palace, and uh, all, all of those those old school strikers. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these yeah. these days, it's a bit more kind of changed up. It's different, you know. I think with all the uh, the the kind of higher foreign influences, the Peps and that in English coming into English football, yeah, it's changed a lot. So yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so. Um, just another question regarding injuries like physical injuries because this goes back to football as well Sam uh, how, how often had you experienced uh, other types of uh, physical trauma or injury in, in your playing career uh, so this was a running joke with the teammates they always said I'd be in the physio room or the normal pitch yeah 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 um, mm. knee injuries yeah so yeah. I don't grade to ACL um, on the knee mm. um, right, real okay. ribs yeah um, yeah I'm quite, quite, quite injury prone yeah um, but yeah no, nothing nothing compares like to the to the head injury that I had right um, and, yeah and so what were a lot of those from literally being the strikers well being in the thick of it or was it just that you were literally, more physical yeah, yeah. From, even yeah being a striker being in the thick of it um, yeah, not, yeah. not not lots of challenges, like going into going into um, <laughs> good man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> putting your body on the line, putting your body on the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, so I was injured. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had a fair few injuries, which always set me back. If it was a, if a pulled hamstring or just a classic bit of injuries you get. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my short short career I did have. I was very a bit unlucky with the injuries. Um. But yeah, the last one to the knocked head was literally like that. Last one, mm. not not getting not getting involved. Um, yeah, and did did you uh, like you saying you're kind of injury prone? Did you suffer with inflammation a lot, or was that just were you okay? In that? Yeah, no, inflammation wise, I was I was, I was I was pretty good. Um, mm, okay. But I had a quite, I've always had quite a well well rounded diet, um, which right. I can thank Reading for that because I was a very educational in terms of diet yeah. um, and and stuff of that stuff from that. So from a young age, I had a very 
very well, 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 good diet, um, well-rounded good. diet, right. which I think helped me in terms of inflammation and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think I was just unlucky in terms of when we receiving the end of tackles and um, yeah. maybe training a little bit too hard or not enough in terms of muscular injuries. Mm. But, um, yeah, always in and out of the physio room. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I do have a theory on this that, you know, perhaps it can be that, that players that do have a lot more physical trauma in terms of numbers or types of injury can be more susceptible to, to the brain injury due to oh, really? yeah. yeah due to underlying inflammation it, it's more of a hypothesis than a theory so i can't yeah. i can't because i'm not a medical professional i can't class it yeah. as such but i'm coming from a like a holistic background as a you know healing f- functional medicine i i feel that yeah every kind of physical trauma or or head injury trauma or mental trauma leaves like um like an imprint like an internal scar that can, can you know when they accumulate can can cause more inflammation or stress at the time that the concussion yeah. occurs. It's only a, a, a hypothesis, but it's, yeah. some, it's something that I thought about for many years because I personally had concussions and injuries before the one in 2006 that really caused me all the grief. Yeah. And none of them seemed to bother me, but I, I do believe that in future with medicine and diagnostics we may find that there's a build-up of stress in the body or like somehow that that, that means that some people are more susceptible than others and well, i'm sure i'll just help you through that one I'm yeah right. no yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so but you know i don't want confirmation bias to go too far but yeah i think that yeah. I, I think there is there is some study and research into this from the states but um you know it, it, it's obviously quite in depth but I do think that, yeah, given that I know how, because I have fibromyalgia and I know that that can instigate from when you're born, but it, it doesn't yeah. trigger until later in your life and it triggers in stages. But it can trigger for various reasons, through shocks and blows and, and kind of violence against you. All kinds of stuff can trigger it. So I have a theory, a theory that, that it could be similar with people that suffer with PCS. Yeah. And obviously there's like some kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like a predisposition with certain people. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll yeah. get, someday. Maybe we'll get an answer as well. Yeah, it's a very interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I'll leave that. I'll leave that on the shelf for now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think. Well, thank you for coming on and and uh, sharing uh, everything that you shared as well. It's always brave for somebody to do that, and it's always greatly appreciated. Uh, there'll be a lot of people watch this, and, and especially in, in the UK as well. There'll, there'll be, you know, maybe some of them will get in touch with you. They'll be happy to, to, to see this as well, Sam. Um, yeah. Is there anything anything finally that you, you'd like to say to people out there, if, if, if bearing in mind that they're going through, con- or they've recently been through concussion or PCS uh, right yeah, now? Just, just, just keep going. In terms of, of you, like you probably know, you've had setbacks. We feel some days you have good days, months, good months, good weeks, mm. and then you have a rubbish week or a rubbish day. And you feel, oh, I've gone back to square one. Yeah. No, just keep going. Just keep going. Um, like you, you will, you will gain that normality back. Well, I, I think you will as well. I think very positive thinking as well. In terms of, um, you think positively. Um, you sort of write a few goals down. Um, we, yeah. we. Month by month, sort of yearly goals. I feel that very, that's helped me a lot as well. 
um, feeling like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, without trying to put too much pressure on yourself, I'm gonna, gonna be fine. I'm gonna get through it. Every day is gonna be a better day, and I think just thinking positively um, yeah. each day, each week sort of adds up. Um, adds up over time. It makes you feel a whole lot better. Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice, you know, and it yeah. is, yeah. And I think he's, he's often, what I've seen for people is, is, is sometimes it's the hardest thing for people to, to find is like positive guidance and affirmations, yeah, are really, really powerful. It, yeah. it, it, it took, unfortunately, it took me a long time to learn that. It's like yeah. self-talk. The way you like you stand in the mirror, look in the mirror in the morning. If you've had like head injury stuff, you like you can feel like absolute shit. You can look like shit. And it's like you're like, oh my god, what the fuck? Yeah, definitely. But, but if you start to correct and turn all that negative talk, self talk around, and I, I have mm. something that I call the 180 method. If you if you feel like you you do that, you look in the mirror and you go, you look like shit. Turn it round, turn it the opposite round, way round, and affirm the opposite. So like 180 degrees round and do it the other way and just repeat yeah. it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it and you know what, it, it will become more your reality. Definitely, so. um, yeah, yeah, exactly that. I feel like I watched a, um, a, a documentary on Netflix called The mm. Secret. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, The Secret, Laws of Attraction, yeah. Uh, yeah. Law of Attraction, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer of Law of Attraction manifestation. Mm. Um, I believe if you, if you, if you mm. write things down and you, you think in a positive way and you, you know you're going to get to where you want to be, yeah. whether it's health, mm-hmm. wealth, business, what, maybe materialistic things, I feel like if you believe it and you, you tell yourself, right, you're going to get there, um, I think it does happen. Yeah, and it's 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 it's, it's uh, that perseverance with it as well, and and then but but putting the effort in too, you know, because yeah, I've seen a lot of people that are yeah, you know, they're invested in the laws of attraction, manifestation, but some of them just don't put any effort in, and I think yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the other side to the secret is actually backing up what you want to do and just go you know, pouring yourself into it. So yeah, no, that's a good one to, for people to watch as well. Um, what happened was I got a um, just a board like this where you can pin stuff to. Oh yeah, and yeah. I pinned about nine, ten things on there. Um, just so every morning I wake yeah. up under the TV, I look at it, I think, okay, right, that's that's this today. Even if it's subconsciously, you look at it and you see, I've got a picture of a brain and two arms like this going, so like a healthy <laughs> brain. Um, I got a, a, a gym yeah. filled of people. Um, I got a couple of personal goals on there as well. Excellent. And that's what I do. Um, when the alarm goes goes off, I look at the board and think, okay, yeah, that's 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 still the same goal. Yeah, which, which is, yeah, no. So yeah, so some people are yeah like that. They're very visual. Uh, with me, I'm kind of very audio. I, I grew up as a musician and uh, kind of into you know kind of the creative side of things. So yeah, with me, I I like sound. So I like to you know record something or write something down or an affirmation. I'll yeah. write write it down and stick it on the wall. So yeah, it, it is a case of or you can do all those things. You know. Whatever works best for you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So he's simply what sparks you, what makes you passionate to do that, you know. So yeah. yeah. Um, and also on that note, I feel like people can sit here and say, "Oh, I've had this. It's been a very negative experience in my mm. in my in my in, in my life. Um, I've, I've done like this. I've done like this." And I feel like, like you said, the one eighty, you got to flip it and go. I'm yeah. very grateful how I feel today. I feel great. I feel mm. good. I feel positive. So I feel 100% I feel a lot better than I did in that term. Um, I can do this now, I couldn't do that in that part. You become a bit more appreciative of things. 
um, yeah. in, in, in life. Yeah, and I think, um, I think my, my injuries occurred when I was like 31, 32, so I wasn't that young, but I wasn't that old yet. So, but I, I guess the age factor does play a really important part in it as well. Obviously, yours occurred quite, quite young in life, and you know, I've, I've seen down the years, you know, children getting concussed, teenagers and so on. And it, it, it's difficult to deal with at any age. It's it's a tough thing to deal with. And then I've heard of people, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I mean, for the first yeah. time. So it, it's, I think the hardest thing for doctors and healthcare professionals and people to deal with is that it's not a one size fits all situation. It, it, Most definitely. Yeah, it's just infinitely yeah. difficult to deal with. <laughs> Everyone's different, isn't it? Oh yeah, Everyone's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like if you put a hamstring, you go to the physio, okay, gonna do that. But if you mm-hmm. you have a head injury, because it's so you can, it's such a complex, yeah. um, a complex thing. It's, it's just like you said, it's not it's not a one 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 um size fits all. No, I mean if, if you break a leg. It's, there's not a lot of difference whether you're 15 or 35 or 55. If you're over yeah. 50, 60, 70, then it might get a bit more problematic. But it's pretty yeah. much the same operation to, to cast the leg and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, or if you need a tooth out, it's pretty much the same thing. But with brain injury, there's, there's so many factors because it's that, that controlling instance of the brain, new, neurologies, and we're all, all different. Whereas one yeah. one leg is pretty much very similar to the next. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think it is um, it's something that will, you know, the medical profession is still trying to catch up to. But yeah, I think I don't know if you agree about this, Sam. But maybe if they listened a lot more to us about this, it might be a bit easier to deal with for them. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. In terms of my my yeah. my experience with concussion, the doctors and the people I've seen mm. haven't helped me as far as, as much as people who've experienced what I've experienced. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. If in terms of speaking to you, speaking to Zach, speaking to someone else with head injury, they've helped me a lot more than speaking to a professional who's studied um, for years and years and years, rather than someone who's experienced it for years and years and years. If that makes sense. Yes, indeed. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they if they took that and put both together in terms of studied as well as people listen to people who've been through it, um, I think there'd be a lot more help in terms of when someone does go to see them. Yeah, and yeah that, that, I agree with that. In many ways, that's that's how I've been kind of trying to say to them for years. You need an integrated approach to this. You need to be able to, you know, because in in the PCS awareness type of area community online we, we always say to people you could become an expert in your own condition and if, if you go along to the doctor yeah. or the gp or even a neurologist some of these nhs neurologists they're they might have a degree or certain degrees or whatever and they might have a title but they're not the expert you're the expert they haven't been through it no yeah yeah, then, yeah. You know, yeah if they're just going to sit there and say well this is what you need and and you're going no, I don't think yeah. that's what I need. Then you need to tell them. Yeah. You might piss yeah. them off. You might. I've upset so many specialists and people down the years that have done what I, I, I later proved to be ex- totally the wrong thing for me. That yeah. you know, they in the end they were like, "Well, we don't want to deal with you." And in the end, that was probably yeah. not a bad thing because they couldn't yeah. 
they couldn't help me. <laughs> yeah. So I be, yeah, you can become unpopular long run, but <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. You've got to, you've got to, um, you've got to take that into consideration in terms of yeah. someone who has studied it and someone who's experienced it. It's a completely different, mm. um, different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, so um, thank you so much for doing this. Um, and yeah, please, thank you very please, much for having me. You're most welcome. And please stay in touch with us. Join, join in the, uh, let's say, in the uh, community on Facebook. But um, no, yeah, yeah. No, if there's um, if there's anything in future that you develop, uh, Sam, that want you want to, you have a cause or an interest, uh, as well as you what you do now with uh, business to to help people through a concussion crisis and what they're doing, then, yeah, please, uh, you know, we'll be happy to hear from you again. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you yeah. to everybody at home for watching this as well. And, yeah, get in touch with Sam if you want to do, no matter where you are. I'm sure he'll always talk to you. And thank you for That's watching. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank you, guys. So that was, that was a really great chat with Sam. Um, I hope that you found a lot of use from that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to get into these subjects regarding football and concussion and how such a, a life-changing instance of concussion can really, you know, um, affect people at even the most deepest, most personal levels. Um, so also in the meantime, thank you for all of your messages on social media both through Facebook and Twitter, and a few have had on Instagram as well, and your emails. Um, I'm really um, grateful to hear from a lot of you during this time um, when things have been really difficult, and um, I look forward to speaking to you again in the future uh, through videocasts and podcasts as well. Uh, this podcast will also be uh, out on um, possibly YouTube and BitChute, mainly BitChute, uh, under the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness podcast. And you can watch the full episode there and enjoy it um, at your leisure. Thank you very much. <laughs>